the Colby Daniels Podcast. I am Colby Daniels along with Aaron Davis on a rainy, cold Wednesday morning. The heater in my house is officially on. It was pullover season. I graduated this morning. I had the pullover on. I took it off and put on the hoodie. Uh, It was like 60 degrees, and I've had to make some adjustments in the house. Aaron, what's happening? How much? This is my weather. And by, by the way, so yeah, I turned my heater on yesterday, and it took about... 10 minutes to get the house up to 70 degrees to go from like 65 to 70 in the summer my it'll take my ac 13 and a half hours to go from like 75 degrees to 70 degrees in my house so yeah my my wallet my wallet also very much loves this type of weather because summer summer breaks my bank yeah no i hear you i hear you i can't deal with the heat uh but i mean you know i'm not trying to be uh, shivering while we're doing a podcast either. So yeah, but it's so much easier to just warm up a little bit than to exactly. cool off. Exactly. Yeah. That's yes. I, I say that all the time. You can always just throw a blanket on, throw a hoodie on maybe 10 minutes later, you're at the appropriate temperature and you can take it back yeah. off. If you're hot, like you're not doing anything about it. Right. And my, I have a, my house has quite a bit of windows on the West side of the house. So like during the summer every day from like five to seven, it's like 90 degrees in my house because the sun's just blasting through all the windows and it's Yeah. This, it's football weather. It's rainy. It's cold. This is yeah. I mean, it fits my personality, obviously, but uh, it also fits my mood after last night. Last night was rough. <laughs> How are you feeling, man? Uh, do you need a hug? <laughs> Maybe last night. I'm okay. I'm over <laughs> it today. I've I've moved on. It's been it's been 12 hours, but uh, man, it just. I, I initially I had the thought that this World Series hurt more than 2019. But the more I thought about it, 2019 was definitely worse because that Astros team was arguably one of the best teams ever in baseball. I mean, they won 107 games. They had Garrett Cole and Justin Verlander. Like, the lineup was stacked. Like, and they lost all four games at home in that World Series. And they were up in Game 7, and Howie Kendrick hits that insane home run. Yeah. So, like, that would definitely hurt worse. But last night was tough. Just, the, like, being completely non-competitive in a deciding game was was tough to deal with. And then, I mean, the Braves hit what, like 18 home runs or something in the world series. Insane. And the Astros were supposed to be the offensive juggernaut, right? Right. I mean, I don't think the Astros off. I mean, they were bad, but like, I don't think they played that bad. Like through, at least through the first five games, there were a lot of good counts and like, they were having good at bats. It just, the baseball is just one of those games where like, when the things are just going your way, they're just going your way. Yeah. Or vice versa. Like when you're just not catching the brakes, you're just not catching the brakes. And the Astros definitely weren't catching the brakes this series. And the, the Braves were just taking advantage of it, which, you know, whatever. I hate the brakes. I like Freddie Freeman though. So good for him. Well, that's, I mean, you can make the argument that that, that Astros lineup is one of the best that baseball seen. I mean, in my lifetime, right? Like that, right. that Astros lineup is ridiculously loaded. But I don't care how loaded you are when you're three and four hole hitters. Bregman and Alvarez struggled the way that both of those guys yeah. have struggled in this series. I mean, that's a tough thing to overcome, right? Right. And one look, one through seven, the lineup is amazing. But when they when they go to, went to Atlanta and they played in the National League ballparks, I mean, they were essentially hitting two pitchers. Yeah. Like I know Maldonado had a good game in Game Five and had like three RBIs, but the other two games, I mean, he's a guaranteed out basically. Yeah. So you're you're basically walking up there with two guaranteed outs at the end of your lineup every game. And I I understand that like. Dusty Baker kept Maldonado in there for his defense and like the way that he calls games. But like at some point, like you can't sat, you have to put somebody else in there that could be a threat offensively in a national league game. But it is what it is. They lost. Like they're not going anywhere. Cray is definitely gone. I don't know if you saw the quotes from Cray last night, but he is one thousand yeah, percent out of Houston. He's out. Yeah. So 
Uh, I don't know what they're going to do. They do have flexibility because Bregman obviously can play shortstop, but they're they're not going anywhere. Like they're pitching young Luis Garcia, who's who was terrible in the in the World Series, but I mean he might win Rookie of the Year. He was really good this year. Like they're pitching young. They still have Tucker and Alvarez. Like they're not going anywhere, but still still tough. Like I mean they may never get back. Um, uh, Ryan Rosillo tweeted out last night if this Braves team has the potential to be a dynasty, and it's just I mean probably not. It's so hard to become it. Like dynasties in baseball are almost impossible. Like, it's just so hard to get back year to year. So, I mean, actually, I mean, they may never get back to a World Series. It might be 40 years before they get to another World Series. Or they might be back next year. I don't know. They're kind of – at least they have that luxury of being a good team that's young. Well, and so. you just – you hit the, the, the nail on the head when you said, like, when things are going right. You know, like, it, it, sometimes it's as simple as losing one or two guys. And even though you have, like, the core of a team that comes back, the dynamic can change – slightly and it's just not the same group right they're not able to to recapture the same magic so you know this like the Braves for example you get Acuna back but I mean all four of the outfielders that they acquired this year that made a massive difference in this run are older guys uh you know it's Travis Darno is an older guy Freddie Freeman is a guy that's getting he's still playing at a really high level I mean he was the MVP last year but uh you know the the term dynasty in the Braves like there's a nice young core but Let's not forget about the massive contributions they got from veteran players in this series and guys that were essentially rentals. Like, it to me is almost unthinkable that the beginning of July, you arguably have, outside of Otani, the best player in baseball, Ronald Acuna Jr. He gets hurt, and I'm guilty of this. I completely said, well, they're going to... Brave season's over, right? They they were a 500 team at best at that point, too. Yeah, yeah. They lose Acuna, arguably after Otani, the best player in baseball. I was like, they're toast. They acquire Jock Peterson, Jorge Soler, Eddie Rosario, and Adam Duvall. All four of those guys. And think about the moments that all four of those dudes had this postseason. That that they had to have every single one of them to even but get it, to the World Series, much less win it. And then Soler gets the MVP. Right. And too, like, if Acuna doesn't get hurt, maybe they get one of those guys. You know, it's kind of like a reserve or like right. one of the corner spots. But... And who, I mean, they could easily go into the playoffs and Acuna struggles in that division round and they don't advance. Or Acuna yeah. struggles in the World Series and they don't win. But, like, like you said, they brought, like, Soler obviously won the MVP and, like, absolutely just ab- demolished that ball last night. Like, other than I – I know I saw some people on Twitter talking about it. I know they are talking about it during the game. Like, other than that Albert Pujols home run off of Brad Lidge, which uh, still hurts my insides today, <laughs> like, that might have been the furthest ball I've ever seen hit in that ballpark. And that ball was you, smoked. And I knew as soon as that pitch started just like hovering over the middle of the plate, I was like, oh, God. Because that's what Soler does. He's just going up there to crush balls. Mash. He's, he just yeah. mashes, right? That's it. Yeah. So, and it just, yeah. I mean, they, yeah, those guys played such a huge contribution. Like Eddie Rosario absolutely was on fire through the first two rounds of the playoffs. Yeah. And, you know, he was still good in the World Series, but like pull off a little bit. But Soler picked up the pace and Adam Duvall picked up, he picked up some slack when he was in there. Like it's just, Man, it's tough, but it's just baseball is one of those things. Like I just said a minute ago, like you brought up, like it's when the things are going your way, they're going your way. Like because there's so much of just baseball that's just luck of like a guy smokes a ball, but he hits it right at you. And yeah. like it was just those kind of things where like the Braves were just getting seeing eye singles to get someone on base, and then they hit a home run or like stuff. And then I mean, also like the fact that Max Fried didn't break his ankle last night. Oh, right. And then goes out there and pitches six shutout innings. Like it's just. Thanks. The baseball gods were on the side of the Braves last night. I thought he got Maybe. Charlie Morton. I was like, this dude just broke his leg. 
I yeah, like at least I, I thought for sure at least he like wasn't going to be able to put weight on it and pitch, let alone pitch six innings like outstanding uh, baseball. Like it's, I don't know. At By some way, point, like, can we just address how why managers complain about starters not giving them like big workloads and not going deep into games and how the game has changed and all this bullshit and complain about bullpens. And look, I love Matzik and I, that, that Braves bullpen has been fantastic, but we saw this a year ago in the world series with Blake Snell, right? Snell is cruising and the fucking rays are so hell bent on, on getting to their bullpen that they take a guy that's dominating a Dodgers lineup, put him on the bench and then their relievers get lit up. Same thing last night, although Matzik comes through, but it's just like Max Fried is dominating this lineup. Nobody was getting good contact He's scoreless through six innings. He's only thrown seventy four pitches, and you're going. You're, you're like, you can't help yourself but to get into the bullpen at that point. Like, why would you what do is, that? What are you saving him for? Right. What he's going to make a start in five days? No, like it's the last game of the World Series potentially. You're three of these. Like, yeah, it's. I've said it before. Like that's one of the things that really has like kind of. It doesn't like deter me from watching baseball, but it's one of the things about like modern day baseball that I really hate. Like I. If, if it's a game where they're throwing an opener, like I'm not watching, it's hard for me to watch that game. I don't want to watch them change a team change pitchers every inning or every two innings. Like it's just not fun. Unless it's the All Star game, but then it's short. Yeah. But like, I want to see, especially if you get in the World Series and playoffs, you either you you want to see two dudes just battling it out in the mound. You want to see Jack Morris throw a ten inning shutout in a World Series game. Yeah, I just don't even know. Like, if you're the Braves and you have this big seven-run lead, like, why would you even risk potentially bringing in a guy, even though he's been phenomenal this postseason, why would you Why would you risk bringing in a guy who you don't know if he's going to be on or not versus a guy that still has gas in the tank that's just mowing down hitter after hitter? After, like, why would you do that? Yeah. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Especially, I mean, like what you just said, like, that Astros lineup is, is, has been historically good. Yeah. So, I mean, if a guy is rolling through the lineup... Let him keep going, and then because I mean, a bull, I mean, your game. I understand the British bullpen has been very good, especially those last three guys, like yes. the Matzik, Will Smith, and uh, I'm forgetting the other guy, Minter. Minter, yeah. yeah. Like, I know those guys have been shut down, but like Ugh. a game can completely collapse for, yeah. with your bullpen. We've seen it plenty of times. Like you use the race as an example last year. Like a bullpen can completely collapse, and a team can rally. But I mean, it, just, it worked I mean, out. It doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah, it's just one of those frustrating things. Like 74 pitches. Like let the guy I, go, I, man. Unless his ankle was bothering him, yeah, and like just didn't nobody said anything or like I don't know, but whatever. Congrats to those freaking losers in Atlanta. Yeah, by the way, a lot of Braves fans popping up on Twitter last night after they watched it. I didn't know we're Braves fans. <laughs> I mean, look, it's it's kind of like the Cubs thing, right? Like everybody that watched baseball in the '90s, even if you're not a Braves fan, you like watched the Braves. I get it, right? Yeah. So, like, I'm not a Braves or Cubs fan, but in the '90s, I liked both teams for sure because like. We watched them every single day on TBS and well, WGN. Well, lucky you. Your team was in the American League. You didn't have to deal with those teams. Yeah, much. I hate them. That, I hate that's them. true. That's true. Yeah, we didn't. We never had to play them. That's fair. Yeah. I'd be ready for them, though. Everybody else can F off. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of wanted to see. I know Altuve was the last out of the eighth inning. I was kind of hoping that he would get a big K to end the game. Would have been perfection in my mind. He was so bad in playoffs. Like, especially the World Series. Like, embarrassingly bad. But... Whatever, man. It's the uh, that that era of Astros baseball has come to an end with uh, Correa leaving. Like it's just Altuve now. Like Altuve is the last one of like original core. I guess Yuli, but is Bregman not considered original core? I I don't consider him original core. I consider okay. Correa, Spr- Correa, Altuve, and Springer like that original like 
core that like started everything. Okay. See, I I I, I put Bregman with that group, but yeah. I guess I guess now he can be in that that group for me just to keep my uh, keep my nostalgia alive. Yeah. Uh, I want to say I'm sorry that your team lost, but a uh, fuck the Astros. B uh, it's not like you you're, you're like this long suffering fan that's never witnessed your team winning a World Series either. Right. They've been to three World Series. They've been to three. You got a title in what 2017. Yeah. 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 I, I tweeted it out. I. I I tweeted last night, like, 05, like, I was just stoked that they got to the World Series. Like, beating the Cardinals in the NLCS was the tip of the iceberg for me. I could have cared less if they beat the White Sox in the World Series. Like, yeah. Beating the Cardinals was my World Series. And then 17, they win, obviously. 19, looking back, was tough to deal with. Like, that was tough. And then this, obviously, last night was tough. But, like, I mean, they've been, like I said, three World Series in five years. Like, I can't complain. Because the Dodgers, the Dodgers have been the best team in the National League for a decade. Yeah. And they've only won they've one. won one. Been to two, three, right? They lost to the Astros. They lost to the Red Sox, and then they beat the Rays. Yeah. I mean, the Dodgers have been investing in the NL for a decade. They had the same exact record as the Astros in the World Series. That's fan. So, dude, it's they're hard to win. The like the '90s Braves, right? They won one. They won 14 straight division titles, and they won one World Series. They only went to two. They went to. Well, no, I guess they went to a couple of the early 90s with the Blue Jays. Yeah, they lost to the Twins. They lost to the Blue Jays. They beat the Indians. They lost to the Yankees. That was it. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. You're talking about arguably the best rotation in the history of baseball, at least modern baseball. Yeah. And they could only win one. Dude, those teams were loaded, too. It wasn't just Smoltz, Glavin, Maddox, Steve Avery. I mean, it was Chipper, Chipper, Fred McGriff, Justice, Ron Gant, Marquise Grissom. Like, those teams were loaded. Terry Pendleton was an MVP at one point in the 90s. That's why I'm saying, like, that's why it's so hard to even win back-to-back in baseball. Right. Baseball is just so much of, like, when things, you ha- things have to be in your favor. Yeah. Like, the luck has to be on your side, and a lot of times it's not. Like, yeah. It's just, you know. Anyways, we've been we, anyway. we talking about baseball for six months now. Yeah. Uh, well, you're an Astros fan, so I just wanted to, like, allow you this opportunity to vent a little bit and maybe take a little tiny bit of joy in the fact that uh, the Astros lost. So that's, you know, they're, okay, that's I, I've had my fun. I've had my fun. Uh, college football playoff last night. Were you, uh, were you angry? Were you, were you surprised by anything? Uh, angry? No, because it doesn't matter. Uh, was I surprised? Yeah, I was pretty surprised uh, at it. Like, I get, okay, let me rephrase. I'm not angry like the OU's eight or like, because it doesn't matter. Like it's the first ranking. So much is going to change over the next month, but I'm very annoyed that like the committee doesn't even try to like put out like put on this sh- like charade that like it's an even playing field because like they don't yeah. even try to pretend it's an even playing field like it's a first play playoff ranking put Cincinnati at two or three and just pretend that they have a chance like give everybody the hope that the next month of college football matters for teams like Cincinnati because when you put them at six like you're just telling everybody it doesn't matter like they have three one loss teams ahead of Cincinnati right now yeah it's insane it, it just doesn't matter like. What are we even wasting our time for? Like, pick, pick a couple of blue bloods after the top four, put them in five and six, and say, these teams, if they think play right, we'll put them in. Like, why even have six, eight, six? You're not going to put them in. Unless, like, Ohio State, Alabama, and Oregon all lose another game. Yeah. Here's my problem with this. Because we've had these teams, these group of five teams that have been undefeated and have made runs, and we've we've seen them compared to, like, the Power Five. Look, the UCF teams, right? Like, I wasn't going to entertain the fact that the UCF teams were as good as, you know, the top teams in college football. 
I don't think that's the case with Cincinnati. I do think Cincinnati has the players that can play with the big boys on on any stage. Uh, so I, I legitimately believe Cincinnati is a really good football team versus some of the other group of five teams that have been in the same position. Here's the, the part that bothers me the most about this thing is that Cincinnati also has proven this year that they can do it, right? They have a win over one of the committee's top 10 teams. Like this is, if you want to, yeah, if they want to preach, like you, you haven't beat anybody to prove to us that you're good enough to beat a top team, then fine. I get it. Like with Wake Forest, right? Like if you want to say Wake Forest is undefeated, but we're not going to put them very high because they haven't beat a, a, a good team all year, then okay, I get that. It's the reason that Oklahoma's number eight, right? Now, Oklahoma also has the opportunity to play their three toughest games following their bye week. So o- OU controls their destiny. But this idea that they're going to preach, like you have to have a quality win, you have to prove to us that you deserve to be on this stage. And despite Cincinnati's overall schedule, they've done that. They, they beat Notre Dame, the committee's number 10 team, and still get zero respect for that win. I saw I saw a tweet last night. I can't remember who tweeted it, but the the whole college football playoff thing is a self fulfilling prophecy. That they say that these teams need to have more ranked wins, but they don't ever rank the teams that they play. Like in Cincinnati, like the group yes. of five teams are never going to have success because the committee's never going to show any respect to any of the teams they play. So their wins are never going to have value in their eyes. Cincinnati, also, or like, Houston, and SMU, the next best teams in the American, are both seven and one, and both were unranked. Right. How is Michigan okay? Here's my question. Also, the committee also has proven that they – I don't know that they watch any Big Ten games because they clearly overvalue Big Ten teams. If Michigan State or Michigan got in the playoffs right now, do you think they'd have any chance of competing? They would get Georgia annihilated. Right. Ohio State, I will give you that. Ohio State can compete with those teams, but they're the only ones. So why is Michigan ahead of Oklahoma? Michigan has no quality wins. They just lost to Michigan State. Like, Yeah. What are we doing? And Michigan, if we're going to – like. They've been terrible over the past five years, or th- at least three or four years. So, like, I understand that, like, past years shouldn't play a factor, but, like, my God, like, what have they proven to you this season that says that they should be seven? Yeah. You want to hear the most embarrassing thing that happened last night? Yeah. Okay, okay one. Sorry, I got one more. Oh, yeah, yeah, How's Notre Dame 10? They lost to the number six team. It's the only loss they have. And Alabama lost to Texas A&M, and Alabama's two. Yeah. I agree. But it, 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 like their rankings mean nothing. It's all about brand. It's literally all about brand. And like, I know they're praying that Ohio State beats Michigan State because they don't want to put Michigan State in there. They want to put Ohio State in there. Of course they, don't they want do. to put Oregon. Right. It's there is no difference between Notre Dame and Michigan right now. None. Like Michigan it, lost to Michigan State. Notre Dame lost to Cincinnati. Like Cincinnati was number seven, I think, at the time that Notre Dame lost to them. Michigan State was number eight when Michigan lost to them. Michigan and Notre Dame share the same best win. Wisconsin. Wisconsin yeah. is the best win for both of those teams. They have the same record. Like the fact that Michigan is multiple spots ahead of Notre Dame to me is only furthering the point that they're they're pushing for the Power Five versus the Group of Five, right? Like, Notre Dame is hurt by the fact that they lost to a G5 team as opposed to just saying, yeah, Cincinnati's a good football team, whereas Michigan loses to Michigan State, and they're like, hey, Michigan State's a great team simply because they play in the Big Ten. Here's what's the most embarrassing part of what happened last night is Gary Barta talking to Reese Davis, and Reese Davis's first question is about Cincinnati. And, you know, he said something along the lines of like, you know, do you guys not value Cincinnati or do you do you not respect what Cincinnati's done and or that win over Notre Dame? And Gary Barta says something along the lines of, 
Yeah, that was a great win over Notre Dame, but who else have they beat? That's, that's what he said. Who else have they beat? Number three, Michigan State. The committee's number three team, Michigan State, currently 8-0. Same record as Cincinnati, correct? Correct. Michigan State has, guess how many wins over teams with winning records? I would, I would guess Michigan's probably their only one. One. Michigan State has beat one team in their eight games that has a winning record. And you're going you're gonna to talk this bullshit about Cincinnati hasn't beat anybody else than Notre Dame? Michigan State's beat one team with a winning record. You know how many teams that Alabama's beat with a winning record? Uh, I would guess... Uh, two! Two, there you go. Alabama has two wins against teams with a winning record. Like, what the fuck are we doing here? <laughs> I don't, like, it doesn't... Like, Cincinnati, yeah, it's a great win against Notre Dame, but they haven't beat anybody else. Who the fuck is Alabama and Michigan State beat? Like, what are we doing? Two yeah, wins whole, against winning teams for Bama. One win against winning teams for Michigan State. The whole thing's a joke. Like, it, like I've kind of been at this point for the last, like, couple of years on the playoff. Like, the committee is, like, I, I, I don't know. Like, expanding it will fix it, obviously. Like, we'll fix this issue because they're just going to have to put more teams in. But, like, I, I don't know. Like, it... It's incredibly frustrating. I, I, I get why OU fans would be frustrated. And I, yeah. I don't think that, it, again, the first rankings, it, does, it doesn't matter. Like, teams have so many games left that they can dictate their, their destiny. But, like, there's clearly so much politics involved in all of this. That it, it, it's disgusting, and it's just, like, it's perfectly fitting of the NCAA to have this system where, like, you have people being, like, I don't know. I, I don't want to say, like, bribed necessarily. But, like, putting, like, biases into it and, like, yeah, it, it, it like how are these people? And I said this a few years ago, like on the initial playoff committee, like Condoleezza Rice was on the initial playoff committee. No offense to Condoleezza Rice, but how much college football is she watching every week? Is she watching all the top ten teams every week? Of or course, she, she's not. That's so stupid. Exactly, exactly. None of these people are watching enough college football games to to put so much weight on an eye test, dude. I know people that work in the sports industry as opposed to kind of that literally get a paycheck from working in the sports industry, from working in the college football industry that literally have no idea what they're watching every week. Just, I mean, just in general, as a sport, it's impossible yeah. to watch enough. You don't have enough time Absolutely. to watch all of the teams. Like that is why something like the BCS works so well because it just, it's an analytical thing because people just don't have enough time to properly rate this many teams and put that much emphasis on an eye test. Yeah. Like, I can I, like, I give, I give you a pretty damn good idea of how Oklahoma's playing and how they look and what their potential is for the rest of the season. I cannot do the same thing for Oregon. I cannot do that same thing for a Wake Forest. Like, those teams have played well so far. Oregon does have a pretty awful loss to Stanford. But, like, I, I cannot give you an honest evaluation of, like, their entire football team and how they progress through the season. I can give you an analysis on a single game if I watch that game. Or like you know, kind of based off like temporal, like recent things. But like I cannot, yeah, ju- I cannot give you a great evaluation on ten different teams from week one to week ten. It's just like Georgia's easy because they're consistent. Alabama's easy because they're consistent. Like yeah. teams, like, but teams like Ohio State, I think, has changed so much from the first game until now. They're so much better now than they were uh, two yeah, months ago by a mile. Look, Ohio State, I would argue, is the second or third best team in college football. Yeah, I, like. I, I, you, you want to hear how crazy this system is? This is how crazy this system is. Ohio State is number five last night only because they have a better loss than Alabama, right? 
Like, Ohio State is actually penalized by having lost to a team that is one of the best five teams in college football as opposed to a middle-of-the-top-25 team because if you lose to a middle-of-the-top-25 team like Texas A&M, who's around 15, then you don't have to be compared to them and you don't have to lose a head-to-head battle. But even though we can all agree that at this point Ohio State is better than Oregon, they lost the head-to-head, so you're obligated to put Ohio State behind Oregon and the fact that Oregon is in that upper tier means you have to put them behind. So so having lost to the number four team actually penalizes you more than if you had lost to the number 15 team. How do you, okay, like, how do you have Alabama ahead of Oregon? Oregon beat the number five team. The pro, and I, he, he, like, I'm not going to argue that Alabama isn't the second best team in college football, right? Like if, there, there's easy, yeah, they can use, they're in that conversation without a doubt. The problem is, it, it feels like, with some cases, it's eye test, and with some cases, it's resume. And there's no consistency with what we're, how we're determining these rankings, right? Like, if you want to tell me this is the best four teams in college football, then, yeah, like, Alabama probably is the number two team in the country, or at least number three. But if you're going to start using, well, Cincinnati's not in the top four because of resume, then do we not have to apply that same logic to the other teams? Like, that's what's bullshit about this. Okay, you just nailed it. That's the biggest issue with the playoff committee and the system is that we are judging these teams is that the people on the committee know that Alabama is a top four team based off of the talent that they have. They're two talent. They're one of the four most talented teams in college football. Yeah. And it's never going to change Alabama. As long as they don't lose multiple, multiple games will always be in the playoff because they're always going to be one of the four most talented teams in college football. As long as Nick Saban is there, they're just like, they they're going to recycle all their players, and as long as they don't lose more than one game, they're always going to get in because the resume doesn't – It like you said, it only matters when it benefits their narrative. Yeah. Yeah, they only want to bring resume in when it just – it helps them accomplish what they want to accomplish. But there's no, like, uniform set of criteria that, that applies to everybody. Like, if you, you get to pick and choose what criteria you want to apply – to each team. And that's what I think frustrates people, right? Like if it, it's resume for one, it's eye test for another. And I, I don't have an issue with Alabama being the number two team in the country. Like I don't, They're, they are. I think if, if you had to bet everything you own right now on four teams, Aaron, potentially winning the national championship, like Alabama is one of the four teams sure. you're going to bet your entire that, life savings on. But, but that doesn't mean they deserve to be there. Agreed. Agreed. That see that. And that's where there's this breakdown. Are we doing the best four teams or are we doing the, the four most deserving teams? The college football playoffs job is to do the best four teams, which I think Alabama is, but how you determine that is not, is not something that, that they do consistently across the board with every team. I mean, that's why it's the same, but that's, but that's why it's the same four teams every year yes. is because they're trying to determine who the most talented team in college football is. I guarantee you, you could go back every single year through the BCS era or before that, let's just stick to BCS. And it's almost every year, there's probably going to be a team that finished sixth. It was probably more talented than the number two team, like 2003, 100%. 2003, you're talking about 2003 USC team wasn't more talented than LSU and LSU ended up winning the national title. Like there's probably a conversation that USC was the most talented team in college football that year. Or like, but they had to uh, play in the Rose Bowl, right? Right, but they didn't get the top three because of the system and whatever. But like, if LSU is more deserving because USC. I think they lost two games that year. Maybe they lost. It doesn't matter. It, it's just this, this whole system is flawed because we're, the same teams are. There's just no parity in college football. We're just going to have the same teams over and over because they're always going to look like they're the best teams. But 
Alabama lost to Texas A&M pretty – I mean, they, they, their defense was terrible that game. Yeah. Like, they should not be in the top four right now. And, again, it doesn't matter. Like, it's the first rankings. There's yeah. so much more football left to be played. But, like, you have to show some semblance of there being some, like uh, – like, humility. Consistency. Consistency yeah. and, like – yeah, like – Applying there the same to, logic to every team. Right. There has to be some sense of an even playing field. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's, it's eye a, test it's, for some. It's resume for others. It's different different criteria for every different scenario. And that's that's what's frustrating. And, like, I get that people say this doesn't matter because it's going to play out. Here's the thing. Like, for Oklahoma, it doesn't matter, right? Like, they're number eight. First of all, I think that's a joke that they're behind Michigan. But the bottom is. line is, like, OU has two wins against teams with winning records. You know who the two teams are? Kansas State and Texas Tech. Neither one of those are, are what I would say are good football teams. But Texas Tech just fired their coach. Yes, too, which... exactly. So, like, Oklahoma's resume isn't great, but they've won all their games. That has to count for something. The fact that they're behind Michigan is a joke, but the fact that they're behind everybody else, like, I'm totally fine with. Here's the other thing. They're about to play Baylor, who's the committee's number 12 team, Iowa State, which is maybe a win or two from getting into the committee's top 25, and number 11, Oklahoma State, and then a Big 12 championship against, potentially, Oklahoma State or Baylor again. So you're going to get three top 25 wins in your last four games if you're the Sooners. The Sooners control their own destiny. It's all fine. The problem is, if you're not Oklahoma and you don't have that brand on the side of your helmet, these rankings do matter because not everybody, Cincinnati, for example, controls their destiny with just simply winning out, right? Like, I, I always hear, it doesn't matter you know, there's still games to be played. Well, it does matter. It, it, it actually does matter unless you're, you're OU or potentially Ohio State right. or Alabama. There are some some brands in this sport that it doesn't matter because if they win all their games or maybe win all of them but one, depending on the scenario, then they're in. But that logic doesn't apply for everybody. So this idea that the first ranking doesn't matter to me is stupid. That's not true. It does matter. Okay, so I'm gonna, I, I, I have a little stat, I guess, that is going to back up your argument and play devil's advocate to my own argument, but, like, I have to share. I'm not going to try to win an argument just to back up my own. You know. Okay. Anyway, this is the number of teams each year in the college football playoffs that were ranked in the top four of the first rankings and then also finished in the top four in the final rankings. 2014, one team was in the initial college football playoff ranking and finished in the top four. 2015, two. 2016, two. 2017, three of the teams. 2018, three of the teams. 2019, two of the teams. And last year, all four teams that were ranked in the initial college football playoff rankings finished in the top four at the end of the season. Yeah. So we're seeing it's a short it's a short amount of years, obviously, but like there's obviously a trend of them establishing their narrative early on the first ranking and sticking with it as long as those teams win. Yes. Like they know in that first ranking in their eyes, kind of what they want to do. And as long as those teams don't screw up the plans, they're going to stick with those teams. Absolutely. So you're right. Like Teams like Cincinnati, like them being at six on the first rankings, essentially tells everybody that Cincinnati can go undefeated and they're not getting in. It doesn't matter. Yeah, they, they need everybody to lose like eight times. <laughs> yeah. They literally need Ohio State, Oregon, Alabama, Michigan State, Georgia, Oklahoma, Michigan, all to lose for them to get in. Yeah. I mean, I guess not all of them, they, but, like, in their, Cincinnati's playing the team they're playing, and they have, like, six other teams that they need to, like, the right results from. Yeah. And they're undefeated at number six. And have been number two in the AP poll for, what, the entire season since, like, the third week or something like that? Yeah, the AP poll sucks, though. Well, I, understandably, but, like, 
we're, we've been aware of Cincinnati and how good they are for the entire season. Like, yes, it, it's not yeah. like, it's not like they're sneakily seven and zero. They're not like Coastal Carolina last year out of nowhere, right? They went undefeated right. last year. That team has NFL dudes on the roster. Like we we know we came into the year knowing that Cincinnati was a good football team. They've proven that against a, a top ten team in the country in Notre Dame, and like still, just I, it's wild to me. No are, respect are, for that team. Arguably, a coach that's going to be the most the hottest bachelor yeah. in in the off season. Like it's going to. If he wants to probably get either the LSU or USC job, like yeah, yeah, it's it, the college football points a joke. I mean, and the games suck every year too in the semifinals. Yeah, they never pick it right anyway. Well, I, I think they. I agree. I, I I don't. I haven't disagreed necessarily with the four that have been in. I don't think ever. Actually, I guess a, a lot of years is tough, but like, there's the, not really much hard. What you're describing is the drop off between the two it's best hard. teams in the country and the four best teams in the country. And, you know, that's always been the argument. Like, should we expand the playoff to make it more inclusive versus the argument of are there more than two deserving teams or are there more than three deserving teams? Because for the most part, I mean, the, the top team or the top two teams generally have a pretty decent yeah. gap and, and separate themselves from the rest of the pack. Yeah, that's true. I'm yeah. just just, I, uh, dude, I, I had, I had somebody tell me last night that, um, OU does not control their destiny and that if Oregon wins out, Oregon will be in over the Sooners. If the I mean, Sooners if o- went out, if Oklahoma finishes 13 and 0 and has wins against a number, the number 12 team, number 11 team, twi- one of those two teams twice, right? They're going to get in. Yes. They're going to get in. Here's and, what- and the most important factor. They have a superstar quarterback now yeah. that people want to watch. Yeah. Here's what or- Oregon has arguably the best win in college football, right? The, the win in Columbus against know. Ohio State. They don't have another top 25 win on their resume. That's it. That's their best win by a mile. I guess the next best win on their resume would be UCLA, who I think is like 5-3. and three. Yeah. I think that's right. Yeah, they, they have nobody left. They have Washington, Washington State, Utah, and Oregon State left in then a Pac-12 championship game. So Probably just because OU's outcomes. behind them now, like OU has three ranked wins that can shoot them up the up the rankings versus Oregon having nothing left to help their their resume. So yeah, thirteen and zero Oklahoma is getting in ahead of twelve and one Oregon State. Just saying. I mean, if Oklahoma goes undefeated, like there's no yeah, way they're in. Because let me tell you, Michigan and Ohio State, they do play each other still. So one of those teams are going to knock the other one off. And Michigan Uh, State, Ohio State play each other. Yeah. And look, Ohio State's probably going to be Michigan State. Maybe not. Maybe Michigan State, like, is actually good this year. And they just, they had to play the teams they've had to play. But if I had to put my money on it, I'd say Ohio State probably wins both those games. Agreed. Yeah. So it is likely that Oregon wins out. Um, But who knows? I mean, they did lose to Stanford. So they obviously can drop games to not very good teams. But yeah, Oklahoma's going to get in. Yeah, I mean, look, I would say the the most difficult situation for the committee would be, if, if as far as Oklahoma goes, if they go undefeated, would be Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC championship in like a great game that's decided by a field goal, and then they both get in. Ohio State runs the table, they get in, and then you have an undefeated Oklahoma and a one-loss Oregon, but the Oregon team has a win over the other playoff team that you're putting in with Ohio State. I still don't think it would be enough to put them in over an undefeated Oklahoma that would have the stretch run that they're about to have. Right. So. And 
brand plays a factor in this. Yes, of course well, it does. Oklahoma, definitely a bigger brand than yeah. Oregon. It's Oregon's grown, obviously, but like they're not Oklahoma. They're not on that level. Although I did hear this. How about, uh, I think it's, who's, who's representing the Big 12 on that committee? Is it Kansas State? Somebody from Kansas State, I think. Uh, I'm not sure. I heard last night somebody say that uh, Oklahoma is the one team that will literally have nobody pounding the table for them because the Big 12 obviously is not going to do them any favors. Yeah. Wow. Oh, I see what you're saying because they're leaving. Yeah. So, uh, okay, I, I okay, yeah. So, like, Taylor, yeah, anybody state. that's representing the Big Twelve in that committee is not going to be like, "Hey, Oklahoma needs to be there because we play in a good league." Like, uh, they're not trying to do Oklahoma any favors, right? Because they're on their way out. That, that is fair. You don't want uh, potentially to potentially win a national title and then bail on your conference. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, that's 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 a good point. I don't like again. That's bringing bias and politics into something that shouldn't have politics. It should just be straight up like an analytical thing. Like if you're like we're ranking these teams, like it shouldn't be there shouldn't be that much weight on it. Like the fact that there's what 13 people on the committee and one of those people might just not put OU in because they're salty that OU is leaving for the SEC to go make way more money. I mean, they're getting, I guess they're getting what they want. They want everybody to be talking about it for the next week. No, it's great. Like it's great drama and it's, right. it's like why college football so popular, right? Yeah. Cause for as much as we hate how they do it, we all talk about it and we break it down and uh, it's, it's the best drama in sports. For sure. I mean, in the NFL, like there, there's no conversation or arguing about like power rankings in the NFL. Right. Because I mean, the team that wins the Super Bowl is the best team. Like that's the end of the conversation. <laughs> right. But it's, I don't know, man. Like, I, I initially like the playoff system. An idea was like I was very much in favor of it because we got four teams into this playoff and like college, like this playoff, college football never had a playoff. Like it's fun, but now I'm at the point where like the, the committee and like the process is just such a joke. Yeah. That like they either need to expand it or they need to just like drastically change the system. Like honestly, like I would love for them to go back to the BCS system, but still have the playoff. Like, just take the top four from the BCS ranking? Yeah, just let the computers decide who the top four teams are. Because that way, like, Cincinnati would have a lot. Cincinnati would definitely be ranked high. Actually, I have the rankings. Um, the, the BCS rankings. Yeah, I've got them right here. Okay, there you go. It is Georgia 1, Cincinnati 2, Oklahoma 3, Alabama 4. I mean, I'm not arguing with those rankings. I mean, look, if you ask me if I would rather watch Georgia, Cincy, OU, Alabama, or Georgia, Alabama, Michigan State, Oregon, the answer is absolutely 100% Georgia, Cincinnati, Oklahoma, Alabama. There's some drama. Like, the landscape of college football can shift based on that. Like, Cincinnati is coming to the Big 12. Like, if they get to the playoffs before they come to the Big 12, like, that can drastically change. Also, what are we even doing? Cincinnati's not a group of five team anymore. They're a Big 12 team now. No, no, not yet. Who else no, have they played, Aaron? Who else have they played? Uh, they had a better schedule than Oklahoma. <laughs> Who else have they beat? That's right. Notre Dame's not in the conference what this a... year, so they don't have any. There's no weight added to like their conference alignment. You know, in like the old movies where like somebody says something and then the guy like takes off his glove and slaps the dude with the glove. Yes. I'm not condoning violence here, but when Gary Barda last night said that, yeah, we like their win over Notre Dame, but who else have they beat? I wanted to slap him in the face with a glove. 
How is Michigan Wake State Forest, has one win over a winning team. How is Wake Forest ranked ahead of Notre Dame, but not Michigan? Right. Michigan and Notre Dame are essentially the same team right now. Right. Like, if you want to put Notre Dame ahead of Wake Forest, that's fine. But the fact that you put them above Wake Forest, uh, uh, Wake Forest above Notre Dame, and it has Michigan two spots ahead of Wake Forest, like, like you said, multiple times, they're the same team. They have the same exact resume. They have both lost two top six teams. Yeah. They 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 share a best win, Wisconsin. Yeah, they're the exact team. They're the same exact team. Yeah, same team. And yet somehow, I I don't know. Like it's mind-boggling, yeah. man. Crazy, dude. It's crazy. Oh, college football playoff. Um, how about this? We have breaking news. Uh, sticking with uh, the college sports world, which is, I mean, honestly. Like, can we just admit college sports is as grimy as anything there is, right? The the playoff committee, the NCAA, like, yuck. Oklahoma State ha- had appealed their basketball situation, right? A year ago, everybody remembers, like, hey, we're appealing. Kate Cunningham, let him play in the NCAA tournament. The committee has, has decided to... Uh, say, I appreciate that coming from you, Oklahoma State, and we want to say thank you for all of your help and transparency in this, but because the guy that committed this offense has uh, not helped us out at all, it's aggravated us, and we are going to hold that against you more than we're going to hold these other institutions not helping us against them, and 2022 postseason ban. Did you see uh, Mike Boynton's statement on it? I have not. He said, uh, it's pretty long. I'll just read a little uh, excerpt from it. He said, quote, I invite members of the NCAA enforcement staff, its committee on infractions and appeals panel involved in our case to meet with my team, to look each of them in their eyes and explain why illicit conduct committed by a rogue assistant coach five years ago, conduct which led to no competitive advantage for our program and for which and for which the coach was fired immediately upon discovery by our administration should serve as a basis for denying them the opportunity to experience postseason tournament play. Yep. Let's Embarrassing. Work. Michigan stats, I saw a tweet earlier, and this was a, a solid point. Like, a little different scenario, but, like, all in the same umbrella because it's in the NCAA. Michigan State knew about Larry Nassar for 20 years and had a lesser punishment than what Oklahoma State got. Yeah. I'm convinced, like, I, you know, you always hear people be like, oh, the refs hate us or... Uh, you know, the, the college football playoff committee hates us. And like every fan base thinks that like it's them against the world. Nobody has their back. I legitimately think there is something with the NCAA and Oklahoma state at this point. Like it's this deal. It's the Des Bryant deal. It's the Eddie Sutton situation. Like what is happening, dude? I, I may, I like, I don't know. I guess maybe Oklahoma state's like a big enough school, but like also not big enough that they can make an example out of them. And like, like, nobody outside of Oklahoma State is going to, like, care. I don't know. It's crazy, man. Do you, you think if this happened in Oklahoma that they would, and this would happen, like, this would be the resulting punishment? No. I don't either. I mean, it's, look, there were other schools that did the same thing, that had the same issue, right? Like, Lamont Evans was one of, how many, five? Five assistant coaches across the country? Yeah. That was indicted on that deal? And Oklahoma State's the only one that's... And Oklahoma State was the only university that was transparent and worked with the NCAA. And they're the only ones that have received this penalty. It's, it's absolutely insane. Like, like what Mike Boynton... I, I, I really like Mike Boynton, by the way. Same. He's, good. He's, a, He's awesome. Yeah. 
and here's the bad part. Like, he's a good guy, and he's trying to do the right thing. But if he had just looked the NCAA in their eyes and gave them a big middle finger, then maybe we're in a completely different scenario here. Like, it's crazy, right? Like, if you just said, hey, NCAA, fuck you. We're not going to help you investigate. We're not going to open our doors to you. Then maybe it's a different scenario. Like, it's, cra- it's baffling to me. Your parents ever tell you, like, if you lie, it's going to be worse? Yeah. See, the untrue here. It's a trick. That's a total. First off, that's a trick. It we is a trick. Know. That's yeah. what the NCAA said. If you if you lie about it, it's going to be worse. Oklahoma State was like, okay, here's what it is, and they're like, boom. So his uh, so Lamont Evans' little scheme thing started in South Carolina before he was hired at Oklahoma State. So it went on in South Carolina as well. South Carolina received two years of probation and a self-imposed penalty of a five thousand dollar fine, reduction in official visits to twenty five for a only two year period. And a pro a prohibition of unofficial business in the men's basketball locker room for four weeks this fall, and a ban on telephone recruiting for a six month period. They received two years probation, and then South Carolina was like, "Oh, we did bad. We're that's five thousand dollars out of our pocket." Yeah, but Oklahoma State gets a a postseason ban. And by the way, like, I've, I've kind of tongue in cheek here, but like, you think if like. The NCAA if Kane had come back, would they would we think they would ban him for the postseason? No. Right. No, because Kane helps them make money. Right. Or do you think if Kane wasn't there last year that they wouldn't have like held up the appeal for a year? Yeah. No, it's it's crazy. They're I mean, it's heads up their asses. Yeah. Alabama also uh, received punishment for the same scheme, did not receive a Postseason ban right. nor a loss of scholarships. Right. Wild. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I I'd be pissed if I were Casey Shrum or Mike Boynton or Chad Weiberg or any. I mean, look, I, I I'm pissed as just a sports fan. Like, what an embarrassment this is. Yeah. Oh, I mean, Mike Boynton is definitely pissed. His 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 statement reeked of I am pissed yeah. off right now. And he should be. Absolutely, I mean, he should be. I don't know what I, I, I honestly don't know what Oklahoma State's like basketball team looks like this year or their potential, but like NCAA tournament, like how much money do these programs make for making playing in that tournament, even if it's just for one weekend? Yeah. It's a huge recruiting tool, like it's I mean, yeah, it's, I, mean, I mean it's a big deal. Yeah, it is detrimental to that to that program. I mean you I mean, make it it, back. for a lot of people it's the only part about college basketball that matters. It is for me. Yeah. I do not want College basketball until March Madness. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of fans that I think feel the same way. Yeah, it's wild. Um, so you're aware of the Jeff Banks pole assassin Gia the monkey story? I mean, look, I've been I've been familiar with pole assassin for years. Have you really? No. Okay. No, but I am. Yes, I'm uh, very familiar. I feel with like you you, uh, you did your research though. Twitter has been incredible. <laughs> Over the past uh, 24 hours with all this and like, I, first off, I've I've always looked at monkeys as like, man, that'd be really cool to have a pet monkey. They seem no. so fun. But then you always hear stories about them like just biting people's faces off. And I'm like, I don't know, probably not worth it. You but ever been to the zoo, Aaron? Oh, yeah. Well, you ever seen monkeys in their enclosure? Insane. You ever thought like, hey, that would be cool to have in my fucking house? They would one that's trying to like manipulate me into giving them something and like being cute and I'm like that'd be fun man they're like little people they got thumbs and everything no like, I look it's it's always common sense 
prevails like after 30 seconds of having a thought. But did you see the tweet um, where one of the UT players was tweeted like, man, it'd be cool to have a pet monkey. And the coach replied, no, trust me. No, you don't No, it was was like, this was months ago or like a year ago or something. But like, that's amazing. Yeah. It's Texas. Like, it's so funny to happen in Texas too. Like this story would, would not be anything if it happened at like Ole Miss. Nobody would care. The fact that Texas is just such a disaster all around, and then like you add in the fact that one of the coaches has left his wife for a pole assassin, uh, already on the Mount Rushmore Jerry Springer strippers, and their pet monkey bit some kid's head off. It's insane, man. Uh, So he is Jeff Banks. He's the special teams coach at Texas. By the way, the special teams coach at Texas makes a million dollars a year. Million dollars a year. His girlfriend is named Pole Assassin. She's been featured on the Jerry Springer show for her uh, acrobatics on a stripper pole. They have a pet monkey named Gia. Gia uh, bit a kid, right? Yep. That's. I mean, that's the story. If, if uh, anybody out there that wants more um, Halloween, it's, it's I mean, I mean, by the way, Jeff Banks looks exactly like you would expect a guy that would leave his wife for a stripper. Yes. Named Pole Assassin to look. Yes. Um, I I made a movie trailer for this. You ready? Yes. So if they decided, because I think this could, this could be a, a major motion picture, if they decided to turn this into a movie, here is what the movie trailer would sound like. In a world, one college football coach, his monkey, and a stripper named Pole Assassin. No, 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 it's not that kind of movie. Boy meets girl. Girl has pet monkey. Pet monkey devours child. He coaches for the Texas Longhorns. She's been featured on the Jerry Springer show. And the kid tried to slap the monkey. How does it all end? Soon. Brass monkey, that monkey, monkey. Brass monkey, chunky, that there you go, Aaron. Monkey. I couldn't hear it. What? Yeah, I, I couldn't hear any of it. I, I, I said something in the middle of it, but I guess you were hearing the trailer. And you couldn't hear oh. Is it, is it on your Twitter? Like, is it like clipped? Um, I, I, I'll send it to you. And okay. I, since you didn't hear, unfortunately, I, I wanted your reaction to it, but I'll just have to insert it after we get done recording here. Okay. Yeah, I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't hear it. Okay. Well, that's a bummer. I'll, I'll listen to it, but I'm sure it's fantastic. Um, yeah, just... First off, who plays the monkey? Is, are you getting a real monkey, or are you going to have like uh, an actor play play the monkey? Who plays Jeff Banks? So I've, I've kind of been torn on the monkey, because uh, I think you could probably go... Remember Friends? Ross's yeah, monkey? Monkey, yeah. Yeah, I think... That'd be could, a great one. Yeah, uh, you know, established uh, resume in front of the cameras. Uh, or... Um, I don't know, like Chris Kattan potentially is the monkey if uh, if you want to get real wild and, and maybe uh, like add a, a level of depth to, to that character. I, I, I like Chris Kattan. Chris Kattan is the move. Uh, Jeff Banks, maybe. Uh, what's a... Uh, I, I don't think Alec Baldwin's available right now. What's Stephen Baldwin up to? Um, maybe like Will Arnett. I, I, I guess I need to see some Jeff Banks personality 
to know who could play him uh, properly. I just feel like Will Arnett is like versatile enough to like come off as kind of a guy that would uh, leave his wife for pole assassin with uh, the Jerry Springer famed pole yes. assassin. Will Arnett could absolutely play a guy that you could buy doing that. Or you know what would be really good? Jerry Springer playing Jeff Banks. Ooh, tie everything together. We come full circle at that point. Yeah. Who plays Pole Assassin? Pole Assassin. <laughs> Starring Pole Assassin as herself? Yeah, she's not going to pass up the opportunity to play herself in a movie. Okay, fair enough. I was thinking, like, I mean, you could get, like, Beyonce at, a, at an A-lister. Spend your whole budget on, on Beyonce to headline the thing and then fill in the gaps around her. Oh, my God. Oh, I forgot. I I I read this. But I forgot the monkey performs with her. The monkey, monkey performs with her. Yes, the monkey is also a pole dancer. Oh, I didn't know that. If you Google pole assassin, you go to image search. Like the second one is the monkey, like on a pole. I mean, I saw a bunch of videos of her doing her pole dances, but I never saw one with a monkey. So, okay, fair enough. She called it a uh, a uh, emotional support emotional monkey. support animal. Yeah. Yeah. She needs emotional support while she does those pole dances. Well, I mean, she's married to a Texas coach. I mean, it's tough. Yeah. You know, a lot of pressure. Yikes. Um, all right, man. I, little man is uh, having some issues. Okay. Uh, I, think, <laughs> I think I'm going to have to cut this one short. Um, by the way, real quick, Henry Ruggs cut by the Raiders this morning. Oh. The details, apparently he was traveling at 156 miles an hour drunk uh when he uh hit the woman the 23 year old that that died yikes wow. and um I, I don't have all the details but as we started recording this morning uh there were conflicting reports about not about Aaron Rodgers having COVID because apparently he has COVID and is not going to play this week at least as last reported that I saw on Twitter but the debate is whether there are multiple reports conflicting about whether he's vaccinated or not so there well, there are blue check marks that have said he is and there are blue check marks on Twitter that say he is not well, the vaccination thing is a big deal because if he's not vaccinated, the 24-hour rule doesn't apply to him. He has right. to miss the, he's going to have to miss the game on Sunday against the Chiefs, which sucks because right. it might be the last time that we get to see arguably the two most talented quarterbacks ever play against each other. Yeah. So, anyway, um, something to monitor going forward. Yeah. Is Aaron Rodgers vaccinated? He is immunized for chickenpox. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. All right, buddy. Uh, I'm glad that, that uh, the Astros lost last night didn't uh, – Still talking about that? Come on. Didn't bring Move you on. down too much that you couldn't uh, come on the podcast today. Yeah. All right. All right. Podcast is over.